who saw New Year's Eve and thought, you know, let's take out all the A-list stars and replace them with 20-somethings and have them play high schoolers in their final summer. Uh, Spoiler alert, much less interesting. Guys, welcome to the show that, much like Riverdale, continues to lose its fucking mind. It's the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the man whose life ended after his final year of high school. It's Michael Flaherty, everybody. I, I, look, all right, if we're doing the Riverdale comparison, I call Jughead. I want superpowers and to lead a biker gang, all right? You can be, you can be the, you can be the guy who finds out who the serial killers are in Riverdale. Yes, plural. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I wish I understood because I've quite literally never seen one episode of Riverdale, but I heard I how batshit insane it gets. I gotta say, I know that we're doing, I know that October is, uh, is, is franchise month. Look, if we, ru- <laughs> if we run out of horror franchises, Riverdale's sitting right there. We could just do all of Riverdale in one, oh in one sweeping month. I I think I'd hate myself if I it's, did that. So I would much. too. I would too. It's like, dude, we would live and breathe Riverdale for worse, for so much worse. <laughs> well, guys, we actually aren't talking about Riverdale today. We are talking about the 2019 romantic comedy mm, film, The Last Summer. And it's about a gaggle of high school graduates experiencing their final summer before everyone heads off to college. Now, before I throw it over to Mike, I have a story to tell that I think really sums up this movie as a whole. So Mike and I have a spreadsheet where we you know, keep track of movies and uh, the movies we're going to cover and the movies we have covered. And usually I'm pretty good about what movie you know we're talking about. It would be like me and Mike sitting down. Hey, we're talking about this, this, and this. Cool, perfect, got it. Someone asked me like, oh, what are you covering this week? I'll say, oh, we're covering X, Y, or Z. I kept forgetting that we were going to be covering this movie. I had to go back to the spreadsheet several times to remember. And after watching it, I can see why I kept forgetting about it because the last summer is so appallingly forgettable. Mike, what do you I, think? Dude, I concur. I concur. It's I, I actually shit you not. It was I was sitting down on the weekend with a with a big old big old glass of water. Uh, just me and i was like all right what are we watching and then i paused and i went wait what are we watching oh fuck what are we watching and then i rushed over to my computer and was like what the fuck did we agree to watch and then i saw the last summer and i went oh perfect easy and i went to google to try and type it in and i kid you not listeners and this the google autocomplete did not register that I wanted to watch the movie The Last Summer until I typed in summer. Like, until I typed the ER in summer, I went, oh shit, do you want this? And I'm like, yes, I do. Dude, the the dragon lives again auto-completed faster. That says something about how forgettable this movie is. The fact that a shitty bootleg martial arts movie from the 70s is more well-known than this. Yeah, eat your heart out like, eat your heart out movie we got bruce lee on our side it's in clint eastwood <laughs> and james bond and john exorcist but no we're not we're not talking about that movie though you should definitely go check out the dragon lives again uh but in terms of uh content for the last summer i think the best way to describe this movie is a like 
teenage made-for-TV movie that's on the CW that you catch at like 3 p.m. on a Saturday. And you know, maybe I'm saying CW because the actor that plays uh, Archie Riverdale is in this movie. Which you know, if, if that's the movie that you're t- that you're trying to that it was, I'd be like, you know, yeah, you know, this, it kind of makes sense. But because Netflix is behind this movie, I'm a little bit confused. What What do you think, Mike? Oh. I'm right there with you. I this movie is so confusing. It it does it feels it feels exactly like a CW movie. Like it feels mm-hmm. like they just grabbed a bunch of like B minus actors and kind of just went, "All right, here's this script someone shat out in a, in a in like a weekend and it doesn't have any characters from the DC universe we've been setting up. Go nuts." Like because everything just feels kind of slapped together. It feels very hollow. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like there's any heart. It doesn't feel like there's any depth. It felt like someone just sort of spun the wheel of stereotypes in both characters and, like, stories. Like, this, like the whole idea of the, like, the last summer when we're together. I mean, come on. We've heard the freaking premise a thousand fucking times. Like, mm-hmm. to, like, yawn. Like, no. The fact that this movie has the gall to not do anything new with it makes it twice as bad. Like, it didn't try and do a fun spin on it either. It just went, oh, yeah, that stereotype? Yep, that's us. We're doing that. Yeah, and the material and acting that that uh, the actors are given, like if it was just a stereotypical, you know, coming of age story, but it was well acted and well executed, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I, I still was able to enjoy it. But the cast, I am confused by just about every every single one of the recent high school graduates. They've been in something that I can point to and say, yes, I, I know that movie. So, like I said, uh, Griffin, uh, KJ Appa, is Archie in Riverdale. Uh, Phoebe, played by Maya Mitchell, is in a show called The Fosters. Alec, a car- uh, played by uh, Jacob Lattimore, was in The Maze Runner. And Texas Chainsaw 2022, I-, I didn't I didn't recognize him. Did not fucking recognize him. That's how forgettable this this dude is. I, I, I did not even know that this dude was in it oh my god we got we have a sneak cameo appearance a return to the to the podcast yeah and the, and the movie doesn't give him anything oh, we, we also have uh audrey the child of kevin fucking bacon was it who was in smile aaron uh, played by halston sage had a main role in a show called the orville haven't heard of it haven't watched oh, it it's the farland joiner i don't know that it's very it's very good um actually no it's okay. not okay let's not say very good it's it's suitable okay fair enough uh page is played by uh, an actress called gage go lighty i think who is in uh, mtv's werewolf so it's like what i'm trying to say is that individually the actors are good but this but in this movie they're not given enough to Make me sit there and be like, I want to check you out and more stuff. Like it does, it doesn't give me that. They, yeah, they they blend in like paper mache, like like just like layers of paper mache on one another. Like there's nothing that actually gives them anything to stand out. It just sort of feels like <laughs> wet paper laid on top of wet paper laid on top of wet paper. We even have freaking Tyler Posey who's in like Teen Wolf. I'm pretty sure. Like 
Who's yeah. like and Teen Wolf is like Teen Wolf is like the good version of like your the CW shows. Like where it's actually mm-hmm. got something decent to say. So mm-hmm. it's extra weird seeing him on this where I'm like, oh dude, this is ooh, all right. It's it, it just feels like they they had they they had talent adjacent people and nothing mm-hmm. came about from it. Yeah, it's like it's like if the writer of this movie just had a dart and like a board filled with like different stereotypes, like different phrases like stoner, nerd, creep, funny, bookworm, girl next door and just said, OK, we need a story about and then covered his eyes through the dart and was like, OK, cool. We're going to we're going to do a story about that. These characters just don't have unique personalities. They just, you know, it feels very hollow. But I'm not really surprised when I saw that. One of the writers and also the director, uh, William Bindley, was the producer of The Nut Job, that animated squirrel movie from like 10 years ago. And the other writer, Scott Bindley, was the writer on The Nut Job 2, Nutty by Nature. Yes, that is a sequel. And yes, they are indeed brothers. And yes, I will forever call, uh, what's their fucking names? William and Scott Bindley, The Nut Brothers. (laughs) Brothers in nut. They're brothers. It's, oh my god. Like we're brothers in we're, bro, we're brothers in nut just in a different way. Absolutely. It's, it's, I don't know if that's something you should be agreeing with or being like we're, we're brothers by nut. They're brothers by oh no, I can't we're stopping the joke. No, we're, we're stopping yeah. we're stopping the joke. It's getting it's Papa Papa. Papa Binley would be uh, would be disappointed in me if I said if I finished that. <laughs> and lastly, before we get on to the drinks, I do have to mention that the last summer was nominated for three Teen Choice Awards, oh. but didn't win in any of its categories. And those categories were Choice Summer Movie, Choice Summer Actor, K- uh, KJ Apa, and Choice Summer Movie Actress, uh, Maya Mitchell. And you want to know what won that year at the Teen's Choice Award, not just for a choice summer movie, motherfucking after for choice drama movie beating oh. out. And I shit you not. No, I shit you not. I did not realize this. I should have covered this when we talked about after, but I need to do it now. After beat out uh, a little Academy Award nominated film called Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> for what? choice drama movie. <laughs> It's, it's they they saw Hart and Scott have boy have boy problems and then they saw then they saw Rami Malek essentially transform into Freddie Mercury and and you know battle with his rise to stardom and then subsequent like you know like AIDS issue and they went cry me a river freaking Mister Wambulance all right let's get over to this hunk. <laughs> Okay, but, but getting back to the last summer, Mike, uh, let's get to the other most important question that we have here on the Mess Up of Midnight podcast. If okay. the last summer was a drink, what would it be and why? All right, everybody. Um, <laughs> if you were here for uh, for uh, the New Year's Eve podcast where we went over uh, all of the characters, I effectively created cocktails for each of the characters, for each of the relationships. Um, this is a much lazier ripoff version of New Year's Eve, so I'm too. I'm gonna lazy rip off my New Year's Eve cocktail idea. So, all right, let's start off with the people who didn't 
actively make me unhappy every every second they were on screen. The nerdy guys. They're they are they funny? No. Are they like is there is their story I feel like the best written? Yes. But all right. They're two 16-year-olds pretending to be grown-ups so that they can get laid, which is kind of a gross topic when you really think about it. But 18. Let's not... Oh, okay. Well, it's 18. Sorry. Okay. Never mind. Still it's, a little weird. Still weird. It's still, still weird. weird. It's but it's more more but it's more weird rather than illegal. Okay. Anyways, yeah. uh they're pretending to be adults uh by wearing suits and pretending to be bedraggled. Two ounces of good bourbon, because you know, when you come home from work, nothing hits like two ounces of good bourbon. Um, next, let's get to, let's get to the, uh, the, the dumb woo girl of the group, uh, Paige. Uh, she's dumb and she's lively and a spoiled rich girl. So what's dumb and lively, uh, and spoiled rich people drink it? Uh, it's, well, not rich people, but they're spoiled people. Uh, Red Bull. So just pour it as a Red Bull in. You know, she's lively. She's got intensity. Um, is she, is it good intensity? Not really. She's annoying, but eh, whatever. Next, we have uh, her love interest. Uh, I didn't really get his name, so I just called him. So I just called him Boring Alec. Man. Oh, his name's Alec. Alec. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, you learn something <laughs> new every day. Alec. Um, half an ounce, or no, one ounce of a dusty half squeezed lime. Um, you take. <laughs> You you grab that lime and you just squeeze whatever you can out of it because I'm sure with him they thought there were he was going to be interesting relatable guy turn to the camera and go get a load of this audience but in reality he kind of just is boring. Um, sometimes something happens to him that you're like oh cool but like ninety nine point nine percent of the time you're just like wow you're really boring. Okay, moving on. Um, we have uh the girl that. He used to be with uh, Aaron. I'll uh, put an ounce, an ounce of vodka in. She's she is a white woman. There we go. Yeah. Um, okay. Next, it's uh, uh. Next, let's move to let's move to her love interest, uh, baseball player McGee. Oh my God, this guy's whole whole shtick is that he's from Texas and he's a. Good old boy who don't play by none of them city folk rules. So grab a warm course light, pour in a bit. Like, and what's a bit? Whatever you feel like a bit is, because he's a bit too much. Next, ooh, we're getting to we're in the we're in the home stretch, baby. We have the um the uh, Aaron's friend. Uh, also don't know her name. I just called her old teen because she looks far too old to be eighteen. Um. She hangs out with a with a kid who's a complete toddlers and tiara diva. So bubblegum vodka, throw an ounce in there. Um next, we've got Griffin. Uh Griffin Griffin's dad cheats on people. Uh Griffin kind of just sits there, mouth agape, surprised that his dad's cheating on people. There you go. Um sorry if I spoiled it. Not like anyone cares. Uh put put an ounce of flat LaCroix in because that's what he is. There's no there's nothing to Griffin. <sighs> okay, we're almost done. Finally, we have Phoebe. Uh Phoebe is an artiste, an auteur, a filmmaker. Uh, uh, grab grab an ounce of red wine and just pour it in. I don't know something something to where you can like tip your nose up and think you're better than everybody else. Okay, 
Oh shoot, we need we need Mason and the one douchey guy. All right, let's start off with Mason. All right, Mason, he's a stoner who skates. He's actually pretty likable. Honestly, he's 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 a skater stereotype, so I may be biased. So, um just, you know, smoke a little bit of weed. There you go. Boom. Done. All right. Finally, uh, we have the douchey guy. Um, okay. Now you have this cocktail in front of you. Um, I want you to try and bring, to bring it over to your friend and be like, ha, I brought you a cocktail. But before you tell them, make sure someone else is in eyesight as you, as you drop a roofie into their cocktail and give it to them. <laughs> and just as they drink it, and the person runs over and is like, oh, no, 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 no. You sit there and go, ha, that was actually a sugar pill. Actually, you thought I was bad, but actually, I'm not that bad. But in reality, you are. There you go. That's my cocktail. Uh, okay. Just a lot of alcohol going into this one. You got like what? Just a, like what? A bourbon, a vodka, some red wine. Uh, I feel light. like I'm missing. How could I forget? How could I forget, could I forget the <laughs> exactly. Coors Light? That, that's that's a drink that will put you on your ass and make, you, and make you feel like you've you know had someone drop a sugar pill in your drink. It's an it's an it's an it's an AMF, but just way grosser. <laughs> that drink was disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I didn't really. I didn't for my drink, Mike. I, I let. I like it. I see where you were going. But for me, I didn't go down the disgusting route. You, you'll see what I mean. Mm, okay. So we got a gaggle of high school graduates in their final summer before college with some things thrown in there. Uh, go grab your red solo cup. Now, first, let's look at the space. It's a high school movie that's got like romantic and party elements thrown in there. I'm going to say – Peach Zvedka because it's cheap. It's, you know, what people would drink in high school, you know, because I never did because I was a loser. And uh, it's got a bit of a sweet thing in it. But because, you know, we don't know how to mix it, I'm going to say three ounces. Next, we're going to be looking at the individual stories. And I'm going to say this now, and this applies to all of the mixers going forward. I went with a bit of a theme. Should be fizzy or carbonated, but flat. Because much like falling in love and getting those butterflies in your stomach, a fizzy drink gives you those bubbles in your guts. And because the stories here aren't executed the best, they're not giving me that same butterfly. Let's look at Griffin and Phoebe first. I'm going to say Diet Coke with Lime. Because their story, it's given like the most time, and I think it could possibly stand on its own two feet better than the rest of these. So although not fizzy and giving me those butterflies... It can get by on an okay performance and like C minus vibes. Let's go with like four ounces of Diet Coke with lime. Aaron and Ricky, the baseball player, their story is about a girl falling in love with a professional baseball player. This might seem counterintuitive with our previous story, but this one's pretty American. I'm actually going to say two ounces of reg. You know what? Actually, no. We already have like our name brand like Diet Coke with lime. We're going to go with. Two ounces of great value Sam's Cola. But add in some dashes of bitters. You'll you'll see why later on. Alec and Paige, I guess. Uh, sparkling water. I'm going to be honest. Their story is like pretty boring. Uh, it's just they're in a relationship, but they don't mesh well. Two ounces flat sparkling water. Audrey, 
Her story did have some sweet moments with her babysitting this child. Nothing I hadn't seen before, but again, some sweet moments kind of scattered through in there. Let's go with a barefoot, sweet, bubbly pink Moscato, two ounces. Chad and Reese, two nerds who somehow get into a finance bro bar and are able to drink. I think the drink is in the movie, or at least the bottle looks like it. So two ounces, Coors Light. And then we have Foster, our douchey guy. He's kind of like the sex pest that just wants to fuck but isn't having any luck. Like, dude, like kind of like the dude that's been looking for somebody to kiss on New Year's Eve, but no one is looking at him. So let's say two ounces of cheap champagne. Now remember, all these mixers have to be flat. Now you're going to mix it all together, and boom, that that's this movie. All right, so whereas uh, as if you drink my cocktail, you're going to get shit-faced. With yours, you're going to be... You're going to be just drinking really syrupy, weird sugar water. And you're yeah. going to be going to be left a hollow sort of wondering what the hell's going on. It's, it's, I do like that all of the characters had different lack of fizz in different syrupy waters that all got looped in with one another. Be With Ricky being the only one that really had any liquor that made you go like, oh, okay. Like, it's... I, I like I know where you're going and I like where you're going. I feel like you've encapsulated the boredom aspect really well with this movie because yeah. this movie loves to revel in its boredom for some reason. It's it's so fuck it's so fucking boring. And and we'll get to talking about that as we're gonna dive headfirst into talking about the last summer. So again, we're going to be going through talking about the positives, the negatives, and give our overall thoughts on the movie, and then we're going to get into spoiler territory. Let's start off with the positives. And one positive I got to say, I know Mike said he liked the little finance bro plot thing, but I I thought that the plot with Griff with uh, Griffin and Phoebe it was the fine because again it was give, it was like given the most weight and it's it's not top tier film quality like i said more like that cw drama uh, maya mitchell was given like the most opportunities i guess to be a character and you know they might not have the best chemistry but there's something there where i'm like okay it wasn't like i i guess i can i guess i can live with this but like with the rest of it i was just kind of bored I agree. I see. I understand where you're coming from with that. I, it's, I I will say that where in terms of actual relationships and chemistry and weight, absolutely Griffin and Phoebe's is the most like compelling. Obviously, like in ter- like like the nerds. It's essentially just like like a very very lame watered down version of like super bad. Like, so mm-hmm. I, I gravitate towards it because I'm sitting there listening to all of these people go through half-ass relationships and then I see them goofing off and I'm like, okay, cool. We're good. I, I'm okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I, I did feel like theirs was a tad more compelling than Griffin and Phoebe's, but I do agree that there was weight to Griffin and Phoebe's that did not get given to many other people and that... I I will say Griffin and Phoebe's chemistry. I don't know if I'd say it's good, it but but something's there and it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, like exactly, I like exactly. they're on screen and I'm kind of like I'm not like ill, but I'm close to ill. I'm like, what the fuck is okay? All right, cool, yeah. sure. And I do think the nerd subplot, like if it was given, there's there are just some scenes with the nerds where like. 
where nothing happens, which I'll get into when talking about the negatives. But like if played for a little bit more like that comedy goofiness, which they kind of try to do, and then they go down like a a relationship route, and then we just kind of lose that. And then with the way that it kind of ends, I'm like – what what was the point of all of that anyways mm-hmm. I, yeah. so it was I like yeah it. it had it had its moments but eh, yeah. what yeah and uh, some other positives i got is the music it kind of felt nostalgic i guess i guess mm-hmm. it reminded you of summer um the kid actor like she did okay yeah absolutely i will say that the the uh just running back to the music the music was so, was serviceable it was all right it was enough to where it actually like there were some moments where i heard and i went oh that's solid oh that's solid mm-hmm. like and and on top of that like going off of what you said like the kid the kid actually did a decent job like granted mm-hmm. it's child actor good job so i mean like mm-hmm. is it good not particularly but you know, you're getting the job done. So I'm like, yeah, hats off to that kid. I did think that the kid, what I liked about that story is that I feel like the kid definitely changed uh, in terms of my opinion of the kid mm-hmm. as the story continued. Because it's it's like you start off, the kid's a brat, the mom's a brat, and you're like, ah, oh, okay, cool, brats. But at a certain point, you're like, oh, kid is brat because kid doesn't want to be doing what the what, and you're like, oh, OK, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So like you're there's some, like a, there is there is stuff in this movie that you're like, OK, that was kind that was, you know, OK, that was OK. This movie doesn't do anything like excellent and the rest of it was like trash. It's just kind of like everything's boring. And then there are some moments where I'm like, well, I guess, I guess that's OK. I guess that's something, you know, it, it's yeah. never like. Because these positives are not like you know, dude. This like this plot between between Griffin and Phoebe like changed my fucking view on sin. It's not that, but it's like literally just like yep. Yeah. It's literally just it's that. It's that noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're kind of yeah. It's it's the uh, this movie is just condensed into a sound. It's kind of just eh. like you're kind of like eh, eh, it's all right. Uh, that's, gonna I will, next, that's gonna be our next podcast. Yeah, exactly. Just review movies just with sounds. Yeah, it's 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 a thirty second podcast. It's just, uh, it's that's yeah. Look out for our TikTok where we're gonna really break through by just making noises at movies. <laughs> um, I'm gonna actually jump in here and I'm going to list a pro of mine, and this may just because I'm a biased little boy about it, but Chicago as a setting, I am like cool. Like I'm like I gave a thumbs up and I was. All right, solid. And you know, hats off to them. They didn't do the thing that After did, where they went, oh, it's so-and-so town, and it's filmed in Bulgaria. Like, no, 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 no. They went, it's Chicago, and they filmed around actual Chicago locations. And I'm like, you know what, movie? Before this podcast, I wouldn't have clapped for that. But you know, I'm clapping for that. So, claps. Claps all around. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, they filmed it in Chicago. The one reason I didn't believe them was because nobody got shot on film. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was no it's the the thing that took me out. And I went, oh, this isn't real Chicago is uh, is I wasn't hearing Chief Keefe every goddamn where I went. Like it wasn't I didn't just walk down a random street and then just hear just hear bitches love Sosa. Like, 
Or or see Jeremy Allen White running around in a chef's uniform just yelling at people. That's that's the classic Chicago experience. There's it's it's people shooting each other to like love Sosa as Jeremy Allen White's on the street corner just just screaming and at chefs and waitresses. Now getting back to uh the last summer, I did want to at least mention the visuals. Uh visually, when it's not neon, and I'll get to that. The movie looks pretty good, you know? It's like, you know, encapsulates that, you know, summer vibes. And, you know, the, the audio, except for the music, you know, I can't really think of any issues in that department. So, gotta gotta give some credit, at least. Um, I'm absolutely with you. Uh, the, the shots that the movie has, like, it has some moments where it just holds on a shot, and it's a pretty shot, like, genuinely speaking. Mm-hmm. And you know the shots in between they're not anything to write home about but they're obvious they're also not bad like it's not like a uh, since we're since we're using this analogy it's not a CW show where you're kind of like hmm that looks like a CW show like it's uh and it's not a horrible and it's uh, and it's not like Wong Kar Wai since we just did that it's you know, it's it's solid. It's good. It has the very summery vibe to it, and it does it plays to the setting while also playing to the characters. And I, so I was like, yeah, you know what? Hats off. We 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 like to give you know shouts out to the camera and audio department. You know, we we see it's, you guys. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's I mean I can't speak to VFX at fucking all because the better VFX is, the more I go. The board, I just go, oh, okay, cool. And they just keep going. <laughs> well, Mike, man, were there any other positives you wanted to touch on? Because I have a massive negative that I want to share with everybody. No, no, let's get to the cons. Let's get to the cons. Okay. Everybody, come here. Listen really closely. The biggest negative that has come from this movie, or any movie, rather, is the fact that words were written in the script claiming that Chicago has the best barbecue and that is the most atrocious fucking statement I have ever heard in my life. That's the most atrocious statement you could have ever made. This movie is a sin against humanity, sanity, and people of all cultures and backgrounds. They should ban this movie for ever daring to say such a disgusting Filthy thing. Chicago has the best. Chicago has the best barbecue. Have you people ever lived in the fucking South? How dare you, movie? How <laughs> dare you? It's okay. Uh, Sorry about that, guys. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Take 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 a seat, champ. Um, it's yeah. You know what, listeners? I'm going to tell you this right now. That was also one of my cons. But I feel like my co-host said his said his little piece. So, uh, I'm so yeah, fucking the, mad right now. The, it's, uh, I, you know what? I'm gonna start calling you stove now because you're a little heated, buddy. But I'm I, I am a little heated, Mike. I am pissed right now. <laughs> all right, all right. How, how are you not? How are you not mad that this movie would dare say that Chicago has the best barbecue? I live. You were in Texas, or maybe even St. Louis. I'd be like, okay, you know, some cities, some places that are known for their barbecue, and also the way that these motherfuckers eat barbecue. They they don't have zero, zero sauce on their mouth. They're not like you know picking things out of their teeth or like you know trying to wipe their face with napkins that are already soaked in sauce like it's like 
Who the fuck thought that taking a couple of models to a barbecue to you know eat barbecue would be would you know make hot people eat hot barbecue like it, it's just I am so fucking mad. I am so mad. This movie this is the biggest sin we have ever fucking covered on the and I watched Bucky Larson and Gotti. Fuck this it's, movie. I I it's, you know what? Listeners, I am in the same boat. It is. I I heard them say that, and I went. My boat's on fire right now. My and I was like, "Girl, go to hell." They they were like, "Chicago owns barbecue," and I was like, "I was like," and I was like, "Phoebe, shut the fuck up." I was like, "Phoebe, I was like, I don't want to tell you this right now, but know where you stand on this. All right, you're out of your element, but okay, all right." Uh the fact that the fact that the barbecue drives the plot forward is also i feel like a big little misstep because there are there are points in the movie where the barbecue is used to move the plot forward i i know i repeated that but listeners <laughs> you know what <laughs> you're playing with fire when you mention barbecue cuz you're going to have a region of America. You couldn't sit there and just be like hot dogs or like Italian beef sandwiches or hell, we can do the pizza argument. That's fun. That's uh, no, a fun no, little contentious no, no, thing. No, they can't. No, they can't. Okay, look, buddy. Look, I'm trying to give him a win here. All right, I'm trying. I'm trying to give him an out. I'm not saying. Don't give, them, don't give this movie an out, Mike. They right. dare to smirch barbecue. How dare it's, you, sir? How dare okay. you? It's okay. Uh, we're not big fans of the of this slander, so we're gonna move on. Okay. Um, my big con. I'm not moving on. I'd, I know, I know. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag not my rom-com, all right? Hashtag not my rom-com. After's there for me. Harden Scott won't make outlandish claims about... Harden, Harden Scott would take me to some good barbecue in the South. He, absolutely, he would. He would be like, he would be like, you like that trifling Midwestern barbecue? Allow me to take you to a good barbecue. Um, it's, all right, moving forward... Oh, uh, there are too many fucking main characters in this movie. Oh there my are God, dude. there are seven, count them seven main characters. And I know that in my cocktail and Max's, we mentioned more than seven. That's because those are main supporting characters. These are the only other supporting characters that are on screen. I am talking like like the amount of screen time that the non-main characters have versus the main characters is pretty slim. I'm going to be so real with you. Like, it's pretty mm. slim. A lot of these characters have a lot of screen time. So, as a result, we are ADHD Quentin Tarantino pivoting to different plot lines. And it's like we're going to the A plot line, now the B plot line, now the C plot line, now the D plot line, now back to the B plot line, now the E plot line. That's a new plot line. Now back to the A plot line. And you as the listener and the viewer, you're left going, movie? I have to recap to myself what happened last time on Dragon Ball Z, all right? We can't do this, okay? And it's and when the characters aren't compelling, you're not interested in recapping what happened. So you're kind of just stuck between a rock and a hard place, sort of going, I don't know what happened, but I don't have the interest in knowing what happened. So, okay, I guess I'm going to sit through and watch Blandy McProtagonist try and win back or leave 
woman number three. Like it's it's there's nothing compelling about these characters. Yeah, dude, when I made this note, we are like within the first 10 minutes of the movie, I am already losing track of how many characters we have. And like it would it would probably be a little bit easier if the characters had unique personalities, but they don't. And the way that this movie structures its stories is like in New Year's Eve, where we just here's a little bit over here. Here's a little bit over there. And it, it, maybe this would have worked better as an anthology. Who the fuck knows? But the way it's done here. It's like if some 40 to 50 year old like written like wrote down was like, oh, I, you know, I'm cool mom or cool dad. You know, I'm going to write a screenplay about, you know, kids going off to college and it and, you know, they write it stuff. They write it down. And it's like it just doesn't feel natural to the way that people spoke at this time. And it's like it just here. It just feels so wooden and unnatural and the they just fucking throw in random insert scenes that serve absolutely no purpose. Like there is literally one scene where like in, with Mike's favorite people, the two nerds All in right. a yogurt shop. And one of them is like, you know, the two of them are talking and one of them is like Fortnite dancing and some like soccer, some like nine-year-old soccer player comes up and is like, Hey, do y'all have any rainbow sprinkles? And they're like, no, nah, we're all out. And the kids basically says, what the fuck, and then leaves, and that's the whole fucking scene. Why did we need that? What point does this have? Why does it add to our story? Please give me answers. I'm not seeing it in the fucking barbecue, so you're not giving me shit. Oh, it's, all right, all right, we're back to okay, Sorry, I'm good. Okay. Uh, it's, gonna, it's, it's, you know what? All right, well, first off, first off, how dare you for, for, for calling them my boys, all right? They are, I thought they were the most serviceable plotline. Thank you very much. But yeah, I was going to agree with you. I was going to be like, yeah, that is a superfluous plotline. Why are they? Why are we adding in random crap? But you know what? <clears throat> let's move on over to Griffin and Phoebe then. How about it? Let's do it. You know what? Let's, let's play this game. Phoebe's up her ass. That's Phoebe's character. Being up her ass. And then when, and then... It feels like the the people, the, like the writers, the Bindley people, just decided, oh, she's too up her ass. We need to make her compelling. So they just go, oh, yeah, BT dubs, plotline X, Y, and Z. I'm actually this. My mom is this. And then they, they kind of go, good. Now you're supposed to feel sorry for her. And I'm like, no, she's, I mean, yeah, that sucks. But, like, <laughs> get in line. A lot of people are having that issue. Okay, cool. Whatever. And... It's just, there's so many unbelievable things that occur within this story. Also, Griffin. Fuck Griffin. He is a wit. He is a wit piece of paper. Oh my god. He is he is like stale wheat bread that's been soaked in milk. Oh my god. But he Lord. makes music, Mike. He's, he wants to make do music, not let but his him dad cook. won't let do, him. Do not let bro cook. Who let him Who let him on the fucking keys? Because if some of his shit, it sounds like Skrillex like, had a baby with Diplo. It is such whack music. I like, And he's sitting there producing it, and everyone's like, oh, yo, dude, this is fire. Like, I remember he makes a mix for Phoebe at one point, and she's like, yo, you're actually crazy talented. And he goes, huh. Thanks, I know. And I was like, I was like, girl, you do not need to lie to him. What the fuck is this damn music? What? And it just none of the characters do anything intelligent. 
between the two, like between Griffin and Phoebe, neither of them do anything smart. And not like as smart as in, oh, this is what a normal person would do in a situation. It's just kind of stupid. Like stupid shit. Like they just kind of do dumb shit. And it's so unfunny. At least it has weight, unlike the two nerds going in, getting free drinks because they wear suits. They the, live their best it. life. They're Dude, living their it. best that life. Is, that is it. But okay, enough of our arguing. Let's look at let's look at some of the other plots that we have here. Um Aaron starts dating a baseball player. By the way, as I'm going through, just know we don't give a shit about any of these plots. Like I only chose fucking uh, what's their fucking names? Griffin and Phoebe. Just because, eh, I mean, there's stuff that happens and, you know, oh shit, that's whack. Yo, what's going to happen? Ne-? I'm at least like, okay, mildly invested to see what the fuck happens. Alec and Paige, nothing fucking happens there. Paige has the IQ of a toaster. Not my words, the words of the movie. Alec, I can't tell you a fucking thing about him. He's got like a business involving asphalt and, you know, Foster the sex pest is his friend. Oh, speaking of Foster, dude's just trying to fuck. He's, and uh, over, He's a problem. He's a problem. He's a fuck, dude, big fucking problem. Uh, and Audrey and the kid, basic plot is uh, mom is crazy, you know, because uh, celebrity and she was in 16 Candles. Oh, and uh, yeah, cool. That's, that's really it. And like, it's just, I mean, individually, if maybe a, better writer sat down and like made you know like had an idea of what where to take these characters maybe that would work but i mean here just when you're when it's so short you can't really get invested in any of these stories so i mean i think that's just the the biggest flaw with this movie yeah yeah absolutely i agree i agree it's It just feels like they were so invested in the idea of having this anthology style, seven different people all come together at the end sort of deal. But it just doesn't fucking happen. Like, it's just all of the characters in between the important moments, mind you, where you're supposed to actually get to know the character and draw in for the character. It just doesn't happen. Like, oh, Alec? Alec kind of just goes, oh, shucks, my relationship is no bueno. And you're like, okay, you should leave. And he's like, no. And then, like, Paige is obviously not supposed to be likable. So, yeah, she's out the freaking window. Foster, he's got a, he's a, you know what? He's a bit of a problem. So it's kind of hard. Yeah, he's problematic. So let's not sit there and go, Foster's the fun guy we're, we're all attaching to. At least the nerds are down the middle, but I will agree with Max on this. They got nothing fucking happening in their story. It's so, there's a shit happens in their story. It's just all of these characters have no in-between time. It's kind of like the idea of just, oh, you got the beginning, you got the end. Who needs the middle? We'll figure out the middle. Yeah, and we're going to go kind of a bit more in detail um, on their individual stories in our spoiler section. Um, but I do also want to mention, for being a romantic comedy, we've talked about the relationships. Now let's talk about the comedy. This movie's not fucking funny. Like, it, the movie, like, just tells these jokes. Like, the one that I think of is, like, the two guys out at the bar. And, like, you know, they're like, ooh, we should, you know, hit that talking to a 23-year-old. And they're like, no, they're old. And then they pause and that's the joke. And then we move on to the next scene. And, like, it waits for you to laugh. But I don't. 
it's just, I didn't laugh once in this movie. There wasn't anything funny in it. It's it is extra painful. It is extra cringy because there are so many moments where they will genuinely just sit down and they will like no laugh track wait for you to like do it's like it, it, they have the confidence of arrested development or it's always sunny where they're like we got a banger joke and we're rolling it out hot and ready for you and then it just doesn't land and then they just kind of wait for you they're kind of like no 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 it, it's gonna hit and then it just cuts to a different scene it's there's no funny moments again the nerds are the closest thing to funny in this whole damn movie. And they're not funny. So what does that say about everybody else? I mean, the next person on the freaking chopping block is like Foster. And Foster is problematic. So you're yeah. kind of every joke relating to Foster. It's all you're you, you kind of sit there and you go, ah, ew. Okay. All right. It's kind of gross. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, it, yeah. You, there's no, there's just, there's nothing funny in this movie. I, I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. Um, and the only, the only other negative that I really have is um, with the visuals and when it's night or neon. This movie like fucking goes crazy with the color to the point where I'm like, what the fuck am I like? God, what, what are you doing? It's like again, it's it's so weird. Like it with the coloring during these like nighttime and neon scenes was really distracting. I don't know if you felt that way, Mike, but that, that, that's I just did. me. I, I did. I did. I did. There were so many moments where it just, it felt like someone was just like walking around with massive glow sticks and you're kind of like, Oh, what's going on over there? Like it's, there is, it, it's the neon lights are so glaring and they don't act in an aesthetic manner that's like pleasing like you don't look at the neon lights in this movie and go like oh that's such a cool aesthetic like with like you know drive blade runner neon demon um fucking i'm sure there's some other options but those are the those are the three i got right now so it's it doesn't do that it kind of just kind of just goes no look at the look at the purple and blue and you're like okay sure you're like fucking that's more interesting than freaking alec so why not (laughs) Dude, dude, a fucking pigeon is more interesting than Alec. Dude, I, I actually, unironically, like Alec is the most boring character in this whole fucking movie. Like the yeah. nerds, not a lot happens to them, but or like their plot line is pretty non-existent. But my god, like they have more personality than Alec. Alec is a it's, he's so boring. I'll agree with <laughs> but, you on and, that. I'll agree with you on that. It's. In any case, uh, I am done with my freaking cons. Let's get to the thoughts. Okay, so this movie isn't good. Even though there was stuff in this movie, I was like, eh, it's okay. It wasn't anything stellar. Again, made for TV quality, which, you know, if that's what you're expecting going in, maybe there will be something for you. But when it's Netflix backing you, I I expect a little bit more. Uh, This movie's not entertaining. The performances fall flat for the most part, and it's so clunky. So many moving parts, it's difficult to keep track. And this movie just kind of throws you right into the plots. Just boom, here you go, fuck it, you'll figure it out. Not giving you a chance to breathe or keep track of everything. If I had to, I don't know, movie three or just flat out skip this one. Right, it's, yeah, movie, this is, this is, I see, it's hard to, 
put it as like movie three too, because movie or not more movie three, because movie threes, I feel like if we're going off of, in my opinion, the flagship movie three, which is ice, which is uh avalanche sharks. Like that is my prime movie three. It's, it's kind of just, you're kind of just monkey brain at that point. You're kind of just clapping your hands and going like, Oh, funny colors or like, or like, ha ha ha. Like something weird happened. And this doesn't have that. You're kind of just staring at it bored. So I'd actually say entirely skip this movie. Yeah, I, dude, I'm in the same fucking boat. So any, anyways, we're going to be getting into spoiler territory. If you still want to check out this movie, go watch it. Come back here and we're going to talk about what we think of each individual story. And we're going to start. Let's start with Griffin and Phoebe since theirs is like the biggest one. We already kind of mentioned it earlier. Um KJ Appa's dad is cheating on his wife with Phoebe's mom. And I, this one, again, it was the only plot that really had any weight. It actually felt like that there were stakes near the end of the movie. Whereas like with the rest of them, it was just kind of like, will they or won't they? It just felt very like low. Like I was like, okay, cool. The nerds have to tell their 23-year-old girlfriends that, oh, we're actually 18. Uh, the Griffin and Phoebe stuff, it was cheesy and cliche, but – Eh, it was fine. It was something. Look, it was by the numbers, and sometimes by the numbers is not bad. Uh, it's it's it. Did I I did I did you I and my co-host and probably you predict what was going to happen? You're goddamn right. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Like something something crazy had to have happened in the movie. It can't just be a will they won't they the entire time. So and and honestly, the dad the dad uh just cheating i was like all right fine whatever it's a stereotype but honestly the uh the scene where it's griffin and phoebe just in that in griffin's house and she's ranting about her mom getting cheated on and griffin kind of just like side eyeing the entire house i was like oh you know what that's actually solid like i actually was like a wee bit invested like i was like oh yeah again the most investing plot, the most invested plot you can get with this movie, nerds aside, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know, Mike. May, maybe you brought me around because, like, at the end of it, I was like, okay, it's a one note joke. They're eight, oh, they're yeah. eighteen year olds at a bar. They're just it's the the way I view it is it's like it's like a it's like a joke versus mm-hmm. like an actual plot line, and I'm like, yeah. I like the joke more than the plot line. So honestly, yeah, I guess, yeah. It's so so moving moving back to it, it it felt like with this hook as well as the inclusion of Phoebe being bro- too broke to afford NYU even though she got in, which don't know why she hasn't thought of fucking student loans. That's what we all did. <laughs> or are you too good for student fucking loans? <laughs> uh, and so a- a- as a result of that, I'm kind of like it, it just felt like the movie kept trying to shoehorn reasons to sort of like Phoebe because it kind of just felt like Phoebe was kind of that just Phoebe felt like the movie asshole. And I know that we're the movie asshole. So it takes one to know one. All right. It's she definitely would, would turn, would like dunk on you for not knowing who Igmar Bergman is. It's, it's, she's that kind of person. So it felt like the movie was in a constant state of, no, she's cool guys. She's cool. I swear to God. No, 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 bro. You don't know her yet. 
just you got apparently to she's her. never seen the big Lebowski. So what the fuck was up with that? Yeah, what the fuck? How do you? I'm like, look, if, look, I, I get it, I get it. Big movies slip through the cracks. I get it. Mm. Um, if you're gonna be a movie jerk, if you're gonna be a movie jerk. How does the how does the the Cohen Brothers movie slip through the cracks? That's what I want to know. I'm not criti- I'm not criticizing you. I genuinely want to know because that's like the Cohen Brothers movie. No one's going out going, "Ooh, you got to check out Hail Caesar." Like, no, it's freaking it's, it's the Big Lebowski. <laughs> well, dude, the the other plot that I wanted to talk about was um Aaron and Ricky's plot. Uh yeah, sweetheart baseball player Ricky is back with his ex, which just kind of happens so fucking fast it's like they're together and they're happy you know ricky takes her out on a nice picnic like up at the up at the chicago cubs scoreboard and you're like oh that's just that's so sweet and then like we think that some that they're going somewhere and then oh by the way his ex is back with them it just feels so sudden and then it just fucking ends and we never see ricky again and it just really feels that the writer like was running out of pages and just said, yeah, fuck it. Here's an ending. And that's it. Like it just, I, this one's the one that pissed me off the most. I agree. I agree because it felt like this was the closest thing to being freaking, this, not, not the closest thing. This was the most sidelining thing in the entire movie. It's just Ricky just suddenly cheating. Well, I, well, I, or I actually no. The dad was the most sidelining. This was the second most sidelining thing. But the thing that I think made me the most like, oh come on, about this was the fact that I think, and we you nailed it. It's there's no lead in. They don't they don't warm you up to it. They're not like she's not like. Oh, he hasn't answered my texts yet. What's going on? Oh, I'm sure he's okay. Like, they don't do that. They just kind of go like, she kind of, she's got the food, she goes to the place, and she's getting cucked. So she's kind of like, that's that's it. That's the warm up. It's, you can't, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta wine and dine before you, before you hit the sack, all right? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, and then she just goes back with Alec, and they because you know they remember they broke up at the beginning of the movie, and now they're just kind of like back together by the end of it, which feels very like forced, and it 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 feels like it feels like she uh, it's got the same feeling as when you you're going out to a really nice restaurant with your so, and you order like you're like oh that sounds delicious I I'll take that. And then it's like much smaller than you expected, and you're like, "Ooh, it was fifty bucks." So you sit Mike there is and you're familiar with that. I, I, yeah, in Chicago, yeah, you better believe. I wasn't talking about Chicago. I was talking oh, about other things. No, in your <laughs> I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill myself. No, don't you, don't say that on the air. <laughs> you're like you're like whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> no, uh, all right. It's uh yeah what <laughs> fuck you uh but <laughs> I I thought we were so past this I thought we were so I thought we <laughs> always coming back baby oh god all right well it's the same thing as when you get you get you get much less food at a restaurant and then you go home and you heat up instant ramen in the microwave you're kind of, it feel it felt like she went back to Alec and she was like the the guy the Corvette guy was a jerk so I mean. I guess you'll do, Mr. Honda Civic and Asphalt. <laughs> hey, which, hey, Honda Civic and Asphalt, man, that doesn't... It's not yeah, no, it's an, it's an honest job. It's kind of just yeah. like... It's it's kind of like going like... 
kind of like getting broken up with for from a soul. It's exciting. You get broken up with by a celebrity. So you're kind of like, I guess, well, this all just hits different now. Duh. Huh? Like, you're like, oh, that's really nice that you took me out to to White Palace Grill. You're like, the other guy took me to Fogo de Chao, but White Palace Grill does, does just fine. Well, um, the other characters, they have their own oh. happy endings. I can't really say anything much about them. Like, Foster gets laid. Uh, Mason goes pro at skateboarding, which, why was he, why was he in the movie? He just, That's, yeah. <laughs> he's a cool totally character, un- but like. I'm totally there. unnecessary, but he was, he was, I did have him as a pro initially, but I removed it. Whereas like, you know what? Mason's cool. I'm like, I'm like, Mason's kind of cool. But like, that's, that's it for Mason. <laughs> well, and then, yeah, Audrey takes her, takes, they go to the, they go to the beach and Audrey's like, I'm going to go be a teacher in some country. And uh, yeah, that's what she's going to do after college. And that that's really, I don't know if you have any other, anything else you wanted to touch on, but I don't really give a shit about anything. No, it kind of felt like the movie kind of just sort of it was the movie was doing its Oscar acceptance speech and then it heard the music come on effectively. That's what it felt like. It felt like they kind of just went, oh, shit. All right. Um, uh, you, you get you, you, you bang, you bang a mom. You, you, you two get back together. You mm, teacher different country. All right, cool. Thanks. That's my time, everybody. And it just leaves. Like, it's just you're like, oh, okay. You're like, I'm not asking for it to be longer than an hour 50 minutes, which is too long for this movie. Um, but I mean, I mean, dude, I'd, an hour 52 hours, at a certain point, we're just splitting hairs. Like, just go for the two hour mark and <laughs> ease us into it. And yeah, and speaking of wrapping things up, we're going to be doing that right now, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal. Stay up to date with what we got going on. And um, if you want to, go check out this movie. I'd say don't. But Mike, do you have anything you want to say? I just, <laughs> uh, n- no. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have any I don't have any quips. Just don't watch this movie. This movie's really lame. It's not gaudy or like Bucky Larson lame, but it's it's pretty lame. Yeah, it just just avoid this one. You're not going to you're you're not going to have an all right, all right, all right time. But anyways, guys, we will see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>